Hey there, welcome back to the Christopher Cabernet Show, and we're going to listen to about the pre-flood world documentary, Who Were the Nephilim in Genesis 6-4, Richard Wilkins. God, I see your little spirit speak through me, asking your name, for your sake, on In this documentary, I want to talk about three trains that are leading us to one day become followers of the Antichrist if we're not careful. Train one is the people who changed schools 100 years ago to begin teaching, to begin teaching the theory of evolution to students have an agenda. They want to teach that they're just animals. The students are just, but we all are just animals. And teaching the theory of evolution, introducing that into schools, also means that certain other subjects like history would change. And bringing the theory of evolution into schools means that they change other subjects like history to support. For example, history textbooks teach that the farther you go back in history, the less civilized people become. The dumber they are. Why don't we really There's use the Bible to teach history? But in pre flood times, you know, before Noah's flood, by fallen angels in Genesis 6 4 and other fallen angels which have a knowledge of the ages these fallen angels have the knowledge of the ages these people the fallen angels came unto you and merged with were actually very advanced as this video is going to show that's why Ecclesiastes 1 9 says there is nothing new under the sun. Well, the agenda for teaching evolution in schools and teaching in history, and the farther and farther you go back, the less advanced people. They talk about unicorns in the Bible. It's unicorn. Teach people that they're just accidents. They're animals. The, the science through genetic manipulation. They can be made quote unquote better, faster, stronger. But as in the days of Noah, like Jesus speaks of in Matthew 24, 37, God will judge people who bind to the 
genetic manipulation and become human hybrids. Human hybrids. Their DNA, which is God's book in Psalm 139, 16, rewritten. That's why they think it's true. So I check it. Think it's Trump. So they have come to devil's book instead of God's book. Because Psalm 139, 16 talks about your DNA being God's book. And if you have genetic manipulation, then you're allowing the devil to rewrite your book. You're allowing the devil to rewrite God's book, your DNA, to be uh, his book. There's an interest in this shit. Now turn to... Christopher Columbus, who we think he is, Secrets and Lies of Christopher Columbus. Hi everyone, welcome to this timeline documentary. Just before you watch, I want to tell you about my new history channel. It's called History Hits. It's like the Netflix for history. It's got hundreds and hundreds of documentaries on there and interviews with some of the world's best historians. We're adding new stuff all the time. For example, today I'm filming in this one of the few remaining Lancaster bombers for a show about the downlights as well in the if you want to know more about History Hits, follow the information uh, just below this video, or search online for History Hits, and make sure you use the code TIMELINE to get a special introductory offer. Now enjoy this show. Now you enjoy this show. May 20th, 1506. Only two years after his fourth and final voyage to the New World, Christopher Columbus, the famous explorer, is dying. Oh no, he just, we just started. Why he is dying is not known. His son and biographer Hernan would later say it was gout that took the life of his father. Still others ascribe the cause to something more sinister. How much you want to bet it was vegan? They say he may have been poisoned to death by his enemies. No, it's probably syphilis. But the cause of their father's death doesn't concern the Columbus sons right now. It's the who thereafter. Who is this man they call father? Father, we must know who we are. Could you leave us without telling us your name? Our name, what? father. You can't take all your secrets. Tell us now. We beg you. Oh, my sons. Let him be in peace. Father. You have a lot of yes, that's battered right. sons. At the hour of Columbus's death, his sons Diego and Hernan know practically nothing about him. Huh. Not even if his true name is Christopher Columbus. They have heard rumors that he was not from Italy, that his mother was Jewish, that he was the bastard child of a member of Portuguese royalty that he was acting as a secret agent for the king of Portugal against his loyal benefactor, Queen Isabel. Huh. <laughs> they had heard these rumors many times, but when they sought the truth from their father, he would not answer. His life was a secret from his sons, from the world. Wait, you got that, right? Forever. Wait. His sons thought that his mother was Jewish, 
And his father, he was a bastard son of Portuguese royalty. And he was working for the Portuguese against going to Spain, Isabella. You get that, right? He's a child sex trafficker, too, by the way. by the way, or they still call themselves Indians too here in America, First Nations people in Canada. There's a team of 21st century researchers who don't believe the story either. They are Americans Dave Horner and Paul Perry with Portugal's Carlos Evaristo, veteran explorers and historical researchers, members of Raja, the Royal Archaeological and Historical Association of Portugal. Horner is a veteran explorer and author, finding a bounty of treasure on Spanish galleons and searching for the remains of Amelia Earhart. Perry is a best-selling book author whose historical explorations include following the fabled trail of Jesus in Egypt and joining the expedition that found Captain Kidd's sunken ship in Madagascar. And Evaristo, one of Portugal's most knowledgeable historians, is an archaeologist who is considered by the Vatican to be one of the world's foremost experts in holy relics. Together, these researchers will pursue an alternative story to Columbus that ties together many of the loose ends that have long been unexplained. But first, they want to talk to members of the royalty and nobility, all close to the Columbus story. By talking to them, they will decide whether their well-researched assumptions are right or wrong. They receive responses that they didn't really expect. Hi, baby. I believe that everything we know about... Uh, Who's your other baby, huh? What in the world do you mean by that? <laughs> Maybe 
basically, I have all the reasons to believe that Where's he the baby? was born a Portuguese. Where's the baby, mama? was a Portuguese prince from the royal family. Where's the baby, sweetie? was a Portuguese from, from a Jewish ascendancy family. And that he worked as a secret agent for the king of Portugal.
So what is the truth about the man we know as Christopher Columbus? The three researchers meet at historic Orem Castle, the international headquarters of Raja in Portugal, to form the questions that will be the focus of their historical pursuit. The trio decide to gather at the medieval banquet hall, wherever Rousseau has laid out the artifacts connected to the Columbus mysteries. These are uh, artifacts connected to the major mysteries on Columbus that we're trying to confirm or, or debug. Was Christopher Columbus truly Italian, or was he the illegitimate son of a Portuguese prince? Was Columbus Jewish? Absolutely, say many historians, including Simon Wiesenthal, Israel's noted Nazi hunter. Was he a secret agent for King John II of Portugal? And if so, why did he go to sea for the Spanish? He wouldn't be allowed to do that unless he was a, a Templar himself or operating in the name of the Portuguese king. The modern-day explorers plan to visit Columbus's European world. And many of the places they visit will be ones not found in the history books. But first they go to Sintra, Portugal, where Dom Duarte, Duke of Braganza, head of the Portuguese royal house and Raja's royal patron, wants to share more about Columbus's history. Everything points to the fact that he was not an Italian. Never wrote anything in Italian. Then the symbols used to sign the symbols would mean that his original name was Zarco. So the idea is that he was the daughter, the son of Zarco lady and the daughter of the Gonzalo Zarco. And um, including the late Captain Augusto Moreto, whose 40 years of investigation uncovered secret documents and maps linking Columbus to a Portuguese prince and a secret mission for King John II of Portugal. And then there is the Raja team's scientific collaborator, Dr. Jose Lorente Acosta, Dean of Forensic Studies at the University of Granada and a former member of the FBI. He has positively identified the bones of Christopher Columbus in his Seville Cathedral tomb and may confirm their theories with further DNA studies. This has not been yet tested, but uh, it will be tested. We are uh, waiting to have the new, uh, uh, new technology that uh, would, facilitate, would facilitate this kind of analysis. And DNA, if we have, if we can get enough quantity and quality, it will give us a lot of information about the origins of Columbus. So what is the truth about the man we know as Christopher Columbus? The three researchers meet at historic Orem Castle, the international headquarters of Raja in Portugal, to form the questions that will be the focus of their historical pursuit. The trio decide to gather at the medieval banquet hall, where Evaristo has laid out a number of artifacts connected to the Columbus mysteries. These are uh, artifacts connected to the major mysteries on Columbus that we're trying to confirm or, or debug. Denied. Was Christopher Columbus truly Italian, or was he the illegitimate son of a Portuguese prince? Was Columbus Jewish? 
absolutely say many historians, including Simon Wiesenthal, Israel's noted Nazi hunter. Was he a secret agent for King John II of Portugal? If so, why did he go to sea for the Spanish? He wouldn't be allowed to do that unless he was a, a Templar himself or operating in the name of the Portuguese king. Modern-day explorers plan to visit Columbus's European world, and many of the places they visit will be ones not found in the history books. But first they go to Centra, Portugal, where Don Duarte, Duke of Braganza, head of the Portuguese royal house and Raja's royal patron, wants to share more about Columbus's history, including some family traditions. Everything points to the fact that first he was not an Italian, he never brought anything in Italian. Then the symbol he used to sign, the symbol who would mean that his original name was Zarco. So the idea is that he was the daughter, the son of Zarco lady, and the daughter of Gonzalo Zarco, and um, he was, his father was the infant to the prince Don Fernando of Portugal, who was the son of... <coughs> Fernando Duke of Beja, B-E-J-A. His true name was Salvador Fernand... Q, what? Oh, shit. Welcome back to the Christopher Cabernetta Show. Let's continue with our Christopher Columbus investigation. We are uh, waiting to have a new, uh, new technology that uh, would possibilitate, would facilitate this kind of analysis. And DNA, if we have, if we can get enough quantity and quality, give us a lot of information about the origins of Columbus, including direct comparisons with some of, some of these theories. So what is the truth about the man we know as Christopher Columbus? The three researchers meet at historic Orem Castle, the international headquarters of Raja in Portugal, to form the questions that will be the focus of their historical pursuit. The trio decide to gather at the medieval banquet hall where Evaristo has laid out a number of artifacts connected to the Columbus mysteries. These are uh, artifacts connected to the major mysteries on Columbus that we're trying to confirm or, or debug. Debunk. Was Christopher Columbus truly Italian or was he the illegitimate son of a Portuguese prince? Was Columbus Jewish? Absolutely, say many historians, including Simon Wiesenthal, Israel's noted Nazi hunter. Was he a secret agent for King John II of Portugal? And if so, why did he go to sea for the Spanish? He wouldn't be allowed to do that unless he was a, a Templar himself or operating in the name of the Portuguese king. The modern-day explorers plan to visit Columbus's European world. And many of the places they visit will be ones not found in the history books. But first they go to Centra, Portugal, where Don Duarte, Duke of Braganza, head of the Portuguese royal house 
and Raja's royal patron wants to share more about Columbus's history, including some family traditions. Everything points to the fact that first he was not an Italian, never brought anything in Italian. Then the symbol used to sign, the symbol who would mean that his original name was Zarko. So the idea is that he was the daughter, the son of Zarko Daily and the daughter of Gonzalo Zarko. And um, he was probably the father was the infant the prince Don Fernando of Portugal. Born in Cuba. He was the son of the dude said and they showed a picture too of his birth like his birth certificate like basically it looked like he was born in Cuba what fuck hold on and the Portuguese prince and uh, the woman who was he was not married to him so that he didn't want to be classified as being a unless he was a, a Templar himself or operating in the name of the Portuguese king. Modern-day explorers plan to visit Columbus's European world, and many of the places they visited are not found in the history books. The first they go to central Portugal, where Dom Duarte, head of the Portuguese royal house, and Raja's royal patron wants to share more about Columbus's history, including some family traditions. Everything points to the fact that first he was not an Italian, he never brought anything in Italian. Then the symbols used to sign mean that his original name was Zarco. So the idea is that Zarko. he was the daughter, the son of Zarko Lady and the daughter of the Gonzalo Zarko. And um, he was probably the father was the infant the prince Don Fernando of Portugal, who was the son of uh, Don Duarte. So basically, the data we have. Points. I mean, never brought anything in Italian. 
Then the symbol, use it to sign. The symbol who would mean that his original name was Zarko. So the idea is that he was the daughter, the son of Zarko lady and the daughter of Gonzalo Zarko. And um, he was probably the father was the historical truth. Wait. Don't oh, His true name was Salvador was the son of, uh, Fernandez so basically, Sarko. The data we have points to that. Zarko. Okay, I want to see this uh, picture I just took. Ah, screenshots. Where the fuck is it? Oh, there it is. Okay, so I'm going to cut this down. Hit it. Crop. You can see it better. Zoom it in. Historical truth. The origin and true identity of the discoverer of America has always been shrouded. Speculations persisted for more than 500 years. History has accepted that which has never been proven. Recently, remarkable historians and researchers have concluded that Crystal of Cologne was Portuguese, son of Infant de Fernando, Duke of Beja, and of de Isabel. Gonzalves Sarco. His true name was Salvador Fernandez Sarco. And he was born in Cuba. Haha. <laughs> he was born in Cuba. How is that fucking possible? Born in Cuba. He landed in Cuba. How the fuck could he have been born in Cuba? He fucking discovered Cuba. That doesn't make any sense. Cuba Alentejo? What is that in that? Is there a place called Cuba in Portugal? Fuck. It's confusing. <laughs> Little cheeky. Portugal, there's a Cuba in Portugal. That he should be, he was Portuguese and the son of a Portuguese prince and a woman who, who was, he was not married to Jehovah. So that he didn't want to be classified as being a bastard. that he was born in a village called Cuba in Alentejo. The first main island he found, he named it Cuba. Because he had many connections with Jewish culture. He was interested in, in the Jewish uh, tradition. He could, probably could be the, the son of a Jewish mother. Maybe the Zarko family was a Jewish. 
Well, after his first official trip to America, the official discovery to America, when he came back, what he did was not to go to Sevilla, he went to Lisbon. And he stopped here, and he went to see the king, who was a river in a little town, a river, because there was a play in the time. And here he stayed for, I think, three days with the king, telling his trip. And after that, he went then to, to Sevilla, to Spain. So that it's very clear what, why he would make a report to the king of Portugal before going to the kings who paid his trip. such an interesting uh, science that we should not be offended, that we should not uh, take it politically. I know the Italian-Americans are very upset if he's not Italian, but and Spanish are not very happy uh, that he's Portuguese. But I think we have to address history to science, and it's more useful to know the Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think of that. He's uh, he doesn't know the the the, the geese here. Here, my sweethearts. Here. Hi, my sweetie. Here. Let me let me put you in a in a safe place, huh? Okay, my sweethearts. Okay, my sweetheart. Oh. oh. Yeah, I think I'll put them both in here, especially for now. I have two little quarters. Oh, Hi, babies! Hi, babies! Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm just glad to see him back. He looks... He looks smaller now. He looks almost his size. Oh, poor sweethearts. Okay, let's. Uh, um, yeah. Here's here's Piggy. <laughs> the pig face. Move it on over. Pig face, move it on over. Okay, so. Um, you want to, here, I'm going to step over here. Hello, darlings. Hello, darlings. And then you got my hands up. 
Yes. Hi, duckies. Great. Okay, go ahead and come on in. Mine? Oh, yeah. yes, yes, they are. Yeah, they're pretty neat. Um, okay, so this is a situation. Now, this one, um, I think I'll put in the pea, uh, baby peacocks. Um, so they can't get out. This one, it's actually got an opening right here. See, they're, they're like out right now, aren't they? But they can actually go in. So maybe I'll close that and then we put the um, ducks in there, yeah. Right? Right. You know, give them some fruit and nuts and some nice little welcome, welcome meal. I know the bib on this one. I know the bib is a boy. I know the bib one on this is a boy. And the snowy, I'm not sure of. And I hand him the bib. The bib, I his voice really clear. Hi, cutie. Oh, well, now it sounds oh, like a girl. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Look now it sounds like a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, beautiful. Well, I thought the bib oh was a girl. Oh, my God. You're beautiful. And I thought this one might be a girl. Hi, cutie. Here, baby. And now this one sounds like a boy. <laughs> I thought that one sounded like a boy at home. And this one sounded like it might be a girl. I love her, beautiful. Mm, you're very pretty. I love the snowies. The snowies, if that's a boy, the head will turn bright green, and if it's a girl, the head will turn brown. Those two aren't quite grown yet. They're young, a little bit younger. They're just a little bit younger than this girl. When she came here? Yeah. Hear how, hear how she quacks? It's a really clear quack, quack, quack. Uh -huh. The boys go. They have a really raspy voice. And then the boys will get a curly tail, and the girls don't. She wants them, but she wants them. <laughs> <laughs> should I, uh, should I just leave it open? Um, yeah, maybe just to let him get into it. He would probably beat the shit out of him at first. Oh. But the, um, once, once, the, they'll get to know, they'll get to know each other through the thing. Yeah, there's better ways, right? Get used to each other. Yeah. Okay. Because he's like three times, three, four times the weight. 
God, I haven't seen a regular duck in so long. He's so big. <laughs> he got fat. He got fat in there. Right, buddy? And then when I left the, the gate open, I left it, left it open, so he, and then uh, he somehow made it all the way to the other side of the house. I mean, like, it has changed a lot, you know, so it's, <laughs> it's kind of jungly and stuff. And he, he uh, but then he started attacking the babies and, you know, the mom and babies and stuff. So I um, we're getting some more of those, like, those pools like you gave me. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go here. Do you have names? Nope. No names. Hi, no name. <laughs> so let me get you Oh my gosh, that's so pretty. Look at the pretty baby. Oh my gosh. So what, you're looking? Oh! He just like, look, chat all over me. Hi, my beautiful eye beauty. So what you're looking for Hi, baby. Is to tell if it's a girl or a boy is... <laughs> these barred feathers here. Mm -hmm. If these feathers start covering the back of the mm -hmm. boy, if they disappear, it's a girl. So I think this is a boy because the girls usually have less barring by this point, but it could be a girl. But I think it's a boy. Oh, she got back in there. Uh, she got in. She says, if she can, I can too. <laughs> younger than the white one. The white one should be full, pretty much full grown. Not ready to lay yet, but um, almost, you know, basically full grown. And the other two are a little bit younger. Month, month or two younger. Hi, my beautiful baby. Oh, She's my about God. about two months younger than the white Hi, cutie pie. Hi, hey, baby boy. Oh, you're so beautiful. Look at you. Oh, my gosh. She's angelic. Angelico, how about Fra Angelico? <laughs> That's a good one. Little brother. Much, Hi, little brother. Hi, little brother. You think they can't get out of here, right? They can't get through that. That's about as much room as they had at my, at my place. So. Mm -hmm. This 
they mate for the first time at three years old. Two to three years old. Usually not so three. But they sometimes produce it too. Especially, you know, this, you know, there's their pair right here, and they're the same age. 